0: Welcome to episode number 137 of the Pioneering Today podcast. We are going to be talking about spring cleaning, but not just any spring cleaning. We're going to be doing it homestead style, as well as with natural and for the most part, homemade cleaner recipes. Are you ready? Welcome to this edition of the Pioneering Today podcast with me, your host, Melissa K. Norris, where we teach families how to raise, preserve, and cook their own food using old-fashioned skill sets and wisdom for a natural and self-sufficient home. Basically, your farm-to-table with or without the full-on homestead. One of my promises to you this year was to take you through the seasons and the whole year on how we do things here on our homestead, So you can take that and implement it into your own home and or homestead with a proven blueprint and or recipe to make things just a little bit easier because we all could use things to be a little bit easier. Can I get an amen? Well, if the name of the podcast, Pioneering Today, didn't give it away, I have a little bit of a fascination with the pioneers and how they did things and learning how to then implement it into our modern day Homestead. At the time of this recording, it is just the beginning of April, and spring is beginning to happen. And I love spring. I love that we have the longer hours of daylight. The fields and the pastures are starting to turn green. Bulbs are starting to come up. We just got to forage our very first forage of this year, our morel mushrooms, which are our absolute Favorite. And if we're lucky here in the Pacific Northwest, the sunshine will also come back out to play. But when it does come out, the sun has this magical way of showing you all of the streaks on the windows or dust on the tables and the floor that somehow kind of managed to hide during those darker days of winter. At least it does in my house. And I'm hoping it's not just my house, but that happens in yours as well. And when we look back in history or the pioneers and kind of spring cleaning, when we go really far back, that was a time when there were obviously no vacuums, there weren't any dryers, and there wasn't any electricity. So the majority of your homes were heated with wood or coal, and they were lit with kerosene lanterns and or candles, which produced a lot more soot, dust, and smoke, all of these things that needed to be cleaned off and out of the homes. And if any of you are The Little House on the Prairie fans with me and have read those books multiple times, my hand is totally raised, you're going to remember that they would take the rugs outside and they would hang them up on a line and they would beat them. And they would literally beat the dust and the dirt out of the rugs. And that's how they clean them. And they would let them air out. And then they would bring them back into the house. And I am actually quite grateful that I don't have to go that route to get my house clean. We're actually really fortunate in with our modern conveniences that we've got. We're able to do our spring cleaning a lot easier than they did in the days of old. But One of the drawbacks in our modern world is when you're using conventional or modern cleaners, when you're going to the store and just grabbing stuff off the shelves, a lot of times we think that we're making our homes cleaner, but we're actually making them a worse environment because we're using a lot of harsh chemicals. So just like the pioneers of old, I prefer to use natural homemade recipes and remedies to keep my house clean and sparkling. So I'm gonna go through my spring cleaning tips with you guys, along with some natural homemade cleaner recipes and some kind of different hacks or trips and things to try things that would have been working well for us and sharing those with you. And today's episode is brought to you by my book, The Made From Scratch Life, Simple Ways to Create a Natural Home. And I've actually got homemade cleaners, homemade body care products. A lot of those recipes are ready and waiting for you inside the book. And I'm gonna share some of them with you today. The majority of the cleaners and stuff that we use in our house, I do make at home. But there are some things that I still do purchase from the store or from outside sources. But I'm trying to make sure that the items that I do purchase do not contain a lot of ingredients that I'm not comfortable using. So I want them to be free of formaldehyde, free of phthalates, free of petroleum, and a lot of those harsh or harmful chemicals. I want them to be made with more natural and environment-friendly ingredients. Now, when it comes to spring cleaning, and it's probably the same for you as well, I don't really have an entire week to just devote to cleaning my entire home from top to bottom. I like to break mine down into weekly tasks or into maybe a few days throughout the week or time periods. And I kind of take a month or so to do all of our spring cleaning. That's what works best for me. Some of the prep that I do for spring cleaning, so before you even get started, is we all have a cleaning cupboard, right? Well, or most of us do. You've got that cupboard. Traditionally, it's usually under the kitchen sink. Maybe it's under the bathroom sink. But it's where we keep most of our cleaning supplies and our cleaning products. And this is great if you only have a short amount of time, but you need to get something done to get you jump-started for all of your spring cleaning. And that is clean out the cleaner cupboard. You probably got almost empty bottles in there or cleaners that either A, they didn't really get the job done, but you're holding on to them because you spent money on them. Totally been there. Or you know that it's probably not the best cleaner to be using because it's got some of those ingredients in there that you just don't want, but you have a hard time getting rid of it because we paid money for it, right? I fall into that boat a lot. So personally, I say toss anything with harsh chemicals, but that's going to be obviously totally up to you. So I like to get rid of any empty bottles or old cleaners that I'm just not using anymore and just pare it down to the essentials and the things that I'm really going to be using or I use often when it comes to cleaning. Next up is to put all of your rags, sponges, towels in one area. I like to put all of mine in a caddy and then that way... I've got my all purpose homemade citrus cleaner, which we'll be talking about in a little bit. And I've got my sponges, and I like to use reusable cleaning towels and rags. So I like to keep all of those in one little area and a brush. Having a scrub brush is also really good. I just like to keep those all in one caddy. It keeps it all together. So it's kind of neat under the cupboard. You don't have them, it's easy if they're not contained in something for them to get shoved to the back or pushed over. They fall over and then you kind of have a jumbled mess. So I like to keep mine in containers in the cleaning cupboard. So one of the first things that I do when I'm doing spring cleaning, and really when I'm cleaning any room, but especially with spring cleaning, is start at the top. And what I mean by that is literally at the top. So if you need to sweep down cobwebs or get cobwebs up off of the ceiling, at the top of the trim on the top of your walls, do that first. Then after you have done that, take down the curtains And wash the curtains. I've got a confession to make, you guys. Our bedroom curtains, I'm pretty sure I went over two years without ever washing. I know, totally gross. Do not be me, but I try to be as honest as possible with you guys. And they just were always last on the list and just never got cleaned. So now I try to make sure that I've got a schedule. And usually what I'll do is kind of one room at a time or On the flip side, you might decide to do, I'm gonna do all of the curtains in all of the rooms in the house, and that's my first step. So you can either do it like that, or you can choose to do just one room. So maybe you're gonna do the bedroom first, then you'll do the kitchen, then you'll do the living room, however you wanna do it, but I always recommend that you start at the top. So I wash my curtains, then I move on to the bedding. But one of the reasons I like to do this in spring is because as a true pioneer, I wanna be able to use the clothesline and to dry my clothes outside, especially big things like curtains and bedspreads. The other reason for that too is, though we do have a wood stove that heats our home, and so I do have a rack that I can set up when it's wet and cold and icky outside, and I'm not gonna be able to dry clothes out there, but those heavier items, depending upon the type of curtains that you've got, and especially your bedspreads or quilts, They take a really, really long time to dry if they don't have air where they're hanging on a line down and the the wind and the sun can dry them a lot faster. If I try to dry them in the house on one of the drying racks, like my big, we have a queen-size bed. And so if I've got a big queen-size quilt, it is the only thing that will fit on the drying rack and it takes forever for it to dry. So I try to save it for those sunny days and do that twice a year. I do it in the spring and then I also do it in the fall as well. Another reason too is when you can air dry your clothes, which is part of my favorite thing of spring. Cause then I can really start to dry all of our clothes outside again, which is generally spring through fall. I don't really ever use our dryer. My dryer pretty much only gets used in the winter months when it's just, it's really damp out and I've got more laundry than can get dried in a day on a drying rack in the living room. But one of our quilts that we use on our bed is actually, it's from the 1940s, and it's my great grandmother's. It's a chenille. I love chenille, especially the older chenille bedspread. And I kind of cringe even putting it on the gentle cycle in the washing machine, but I definitely am not going to put it in the dryer. And that is one thing that I always wait for spring and then again in fall in order to be able to line dry it. The other really cool thing, even though that... It's from the 1940s. You guys, they made things. I swear, even the fabric. They made things to last so much longer back in the day. But for our spring cleaning, that is when I will do curtains first, get them line dried, And then I go on to the bedding. And of course, we change our sheets and wash them much more often than twice a year. But for the blankets and the bedspreads, those things, I usually do those twice a year. We do those spring and then in the fall, unless, of course, they need to be done more often. And that's also when I will transfer out either we won't put as many blankets back on or we have heavier blankets that we use for winter time as well as bedspreads and I'll I'll put those back into the linen closet and then bring out the lighter weight spring summer ones and vice versa Now we're talking about washing, right? So let's talk a little bit about what we use when we are washing. Now, if you've got my book The Made from Scratch Life, you have the recipe for our homemade liquid laundry detergent on page 151, to be exact. But I don't always make my own laundry detergent. I do sometimes, and then there's other times when life is just super busy. It really doesn't take that much to make. It doesn't take that long, I should say time-wise. It only takes like mm, about a half an hour to get it made, and it makes a lot at a time. You use a five-gallon bucket But sometimes life is just so busy, I just don't have time to make it. And so I'm going to purchase store-bought laundry detergent. When you're looking at a variety to try, if you're concerned about the chemicals that it has in it and you're going for a more natural route, some of the things that I look for is I want to make sure that it's free of or without. I don't want parabens. I don't want phthalates, animal-derived ingredients, or formaldehyde. So those are some biggies for me. And then you can also go to the Skin Deep website and you can pop in either the ingredient or the brand name and they'll have listed their ratings for you. So the higher the number, like 8, 9, 10, that's considered bad. And they'll let you know what in that ingredient, why it's considered to be more harmful or not the best. And then the lower the number that it comes up is better for you or considered to be on the safer side. So I highly recommend that you use that. I use that site a lot. And sometimes you'll pop in some different ingredients or different brands. And the majority of the ingredients will be really low, which is good. It's what we're after. And there'll be a couple of ingredients that might come up as more in the middle range, like four or five. And then I look at what are the risks or why is it coming up of that? And then kind of evaluate overall if I feel comfortable using that item or not. And probably the biggest thing that we've had in our home switching over to either homemade or really more natural products that we're using has been when it comes to the scent factor. So I tend to err on more of the side of I want it to be natural and to know that it doesn't have any harmful side effects or anything like that. And my husband's more like, well, I just want it to be super clean and I want it to smell good. So fabric softener is an issue that comes up at our house. And I know that if I don't use some type of... It doesn't have to necessarily be fabric softener, but it has to... It's the scent. It's not necessarily that the fabric feels softer. It's the scent. With my husband, if I don't use something, he's going to go and buy the old brands that I know have bad things in them and that I do not want. So I can either choose to pick a better variety that does have scent and use that, or he's going to go use the bad stuff on his clothes. So I do use a more natural fabric softener sheet, but recently I've been very excited. So I'm super excited to tell you guys about it because I actually, when my husband over, I'm like, yeah! Now these aren't anything new, but if you're like me, you might not have heard about them or you might have been curious about them or you haven't been using them, so Here's my experience. I'm going to share the lowdown with you. And that is using wool dryer balls. They're made of wool and they're about the size of a tennis ball. And you can get them in like a pack of six. And I will have in today's show notes. So if you guys want to get to the blog post that actually has all the different recipes and things listed out for you, all the tips and then links to the resources, like the things that I'm talking about, go to Knorris.com slash three seven, and that'll take you straight to the blog post because this is episode number 137. You can also get past episodes. You can go to melissaknors.com, click on the podcast button, and all of our previous episodes are listed there for you in chronological order. And they all have a full article or blog post that goes with them. So if you want to read something, grab links, that type of thing, it's all there ready and waiting for you dryer balls. I'd seen a lot of people talking about them, and I was kind of curious if they really worked. And so I finally broke down and I bought a set, which they weren't very expensive. And I love them. One of the things I noticed is they really do shorten the time that I am using my dryer, which, as I said, I really only use the dryer in the fall and the winter months when it's not very nice out, or I just can't get all of my clothes dried in time in the house. It shortens the time that I use the dryer, which is really important to me because I want to be using the least amount of electricity as possible, the least amount of wear and tear on that dryer so that it lasts longer. And the less time that your clothes are in the dryer, the longer they will last. Because the dryer, think about this, you have to clean out that lint trap, right? Or you should be, or it can become a fire hazard. But we're going to clean out that lint trap pretty frequently, that's because the dryer is actually breaking down the fibers and it's wearing your clothes out faster. That's why when we dry our clothes on the line, you don't notice you know, huge things of lint and stuff all the time because it's a lot more gentler on our fabric and it makes our things last longer. So by using the wool dryer balls, it does shorten the amount of time that I have to dry the clothes. The natural, because the balls are bouncing all around, right? As your dryer is going. And so it naturally helps keep the threads and the fabric softer. I think, I don't know if there's any studies been done on it, but from the study of Melissa K. Norris and my own dryer in our house, I think that it does help them feel softer. Now here's the really cool part though. You guys, this is the really cool part. Okay. For those of you who have a husband like mine, or maybe it's you, that you really want that scent. You want to smell something on the clothes, some type of scent. You just love that. Okay. Essential oils. I did a test where I didn't use any, even of the better, considered more natural browned fabric softeners, no dryer sheets, none of that. And I put the clothes in the dryer and I put two drops of essential oil on each ball. So I have six balls, so it's 12 drops of essential oil total. And I dried the clothes. And I didn't say anything to my husband so there would be no heads up just to see what if he could tell a difference or not, to see what the response was. And actually it was really funny because I forgot, he doesn't like peppermint essential oil. He did not like the scent of peppermint all by itself. Peppermint and lavender together are great. Anyways, I used peppermint. <laughs> kind of forgot. And he pulled his shirts out like a couple days later. Yeah, it's so it lasts. I'm talking down the road, right? A few days later. And he's like, what did you use? He goes, is this peppermint? It smells really strong. And I'm like, yeah, doesn't it smell great? He's like, no, I don't like the scent of peppermint. I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot. <laughs> but the moral of this story is, one, then I switched out and he likes lavender. So now I'm using lavender essential oil on the dryer, dryer balls when I'm doing his clothing. But he could really smell it. In fact, I think we could smell it stronger than using the other scented fabric liquid softener or the dryer sheets that are scented with essential oils. But I also noticed, too, as I had used some essential oils in the past... On the dryer wool balls, but it hadn't been one of the brands. And the brand that I use and really love right now is Plant Therapy. And so I'll have a link to them in the show notes so you can go and check them out and some of my favorite scents with them. But I had had a brand of essential oils that I had just picked up at our co op and I had used it back when I was doing some homemade laundry soap. It was a citrus oil. And so I used that brand. And the essential oil had a good scent when I was using it and putting it in, but it didn't really seem to linger on the clothes. It didn't leave a scent behind. And when I used the other brand, I did notice that it left a scent. So I think, I don't know if it was a purity issue, but I did notice a difference. Okay, Quick recap. We've got our cleaning supplies ready. We've done the top. We've done the curtains. We've got our bedding going. Now, washing your windows. I always do the inside first when I'm washing windows, but in the spring, I do like to do both inside and the outside. And I'll take my time. If if I'm doing our spring cleaning room by room, then I'll just wash the inside of that. But when it comes to the outside windows... I do them all in one day because I'm only dragging that ladder out once and I just do all of the outside windows in one day so that, boom, it's done. I don't drag that out over several days, a weekend or weeks. Other thing I like to do is clean out the microwave. Now, stay with me here. Stay with me here. I try to keep our use of the microwave to a minimum, but I ain't going to lie, we still do use it. Now, I know people fall in lots of different camps on that. I think we would probably be better off without using the microwave at all. So I said we do try to keep it to a minimum, but it does get used. So I'm just being honest. It gets used in our home. That's one thing we haven't eradicated yet. If you're like me and you have a microwave and you still do use it occasionally, here's my cleaner tip. Fill a glass bowl because that's key. I only use glass in the microwave. Never use plastic. With water and a few slices of lemon. You wanna microwave it for about three minutes or so so that the water is producing steam. That's our goal. We want it to produce some steam and then let that sit with the door closed for about five minutes. The steam's gonna help loosen up if you've got any gunk or food so that you can easily wipe that out and get the inside clean. I rarely have to do that because. I have found for me that if I have something clean and I keep up on it, it's a lot easier. So I try to wipe down the microwave anytime anything gets spilt in it or explodes or that type of thing and wash out the glass tray. And that way it's kind of always clean because if you let it sit and dry and then you heat the microwave back up again without removing it, it kind of bakes on and it's really hard to clean. Okay, let's talk sink drains here. This trick works really good for cleaning out your drains and getting your sink clean. Not only helping to clean out the drains, but if you have any trouble with fruit flies and you've removed any type of food, you know, fruit or anything you think they're feeding on and you've still got fruit flies, which doesn't happen to us really that much in the spring, but definitely does toward the ends of summer and fall. A lot of times fruit flies will actually lay eggs down in your drain and they'll be hatching out from there and you can't figure out like, why do I have some fruit flies and they're hanging around the sink? That could be the reason. This has worked really good for me for cleaning out the drains, helping to keep them unclogged and eradicating any stray fruit flies. I take about an eighth to a quarter of a cup, just a rough measurement, no exactness here, a baking soda, pour it down your drain. Then I follow this with, white vinegar, just cheap white vinegar. And I pour that vinegar down on top of that baking soda in the drain until it really foams really good. So I'll let that foam for a few seconds and then I'll chase it again with some more vinegar. Then let it set for about 10 to 15 minutes. While it's setting, put a pot of water or a kettle, I just use our tea kettle, fill that bad boy up with water, throw it on the stove and bring it to a boil. And after it's sat that drain for 10 to 15 minutes, pour boiling water down the drain. If it's a really clogged drain, repeat the whole process and just do it twice in a row. But I like to do this about every other month or so. It helps keep the drains clear and it helps you know sometimes, especially the kitchen sink, if you have any odor issues with the drain, it just helps eliminate all of that. And it works really well. Okay, living room living room cleaning hacks. If you've got any pillows, couch cushions, throws, blankets, anything like that that's got a removable cover that you can take off and wash, we're going to wash and get those dried. Now, I have a fabric couch and a leather couch. So if you've got a couch or chairs that has fabric, but it's not washable, meaning you know, you can't put the whole couch, right? Some of our couch cushions, we can remove just the bottom cushion part and wash that, but not the whole couch. And they get spots on them. Our Oh my goodness, I think our couch is ooh, before kids. Let me think here. So it's gotta be at least 15 years old. So you can do a fabric spray, but holla, you gotta test it, right? So if you're tested on the fabric in a small inconspicuous spot, before doing your whole couch. And you really, this is only for spot cleaning, right? And I like to use this both on carpets and on our furniture. And that's to use one tablespoon of dish soap. So whatever dish soap of your choice. Cup of hot water. And then take a rag and just Dip it into the solution and then blot it with the stain. And if it's really bad, we in our car, I use this on our car. So my daughter, I found out, had spilled her hot chocolate in the back seat under her booster seat. So this was back when she had a booster seat. She hasn't had a booster seat for a few years, but when she did which also explains why I kept smelling sour milk in the car and could not figure out where it was coming from because it was hidden underneath her booster seat. But anyways, I used this just using that dish soap with the hot water, and I actually used a scrub brush, but it took up the soured milk and the chocolate And the car smelled really good. Now, if you're not using a scented dish soap, you can throw a couple drops of essential oil in there. I happen to really love lemon. Lemon also works really well on anything that's kind of greasy. But if you're using lemon essential oil, make sure that the cleaner bottle you're using is glass and not plastic. Now, if you've got carpets, one of the ways to help freshen the carpets is, like I said, I will use that and I will go and scrub up any spots that we have no Shoe rule in our house. And we actually just ripped out the carpet in the living room. Hallelujah. And put down wood floors. So excited. We did that this November, past November. But before that, I had cream colored carpet on a homestead. Over 10 years. Yeah. Not probably the best choice. So even with our no shoe rule, I still had spots on the carpet. And this worked really well. And so after I would spot clean, Sometimes I would shampoo the whole carpet, but a lot of the times I just was in a hurry and would spot clean and then use, this is my homemade baking soda carpet cleaner recipe. Oh my gosh, you guys, so good. So take a cup of baking soda and I just throw it in a mason jar and I do 15 drops of my favorite essential oil and then stir that all together and then sprinkle it onto the carpet and let it sit for about 15 minutes or so and then vacuum it up. And it helps absorb odors that could be in the carpet and then it also leaves behind the lovely essential oil scent. Okay, we're moving right along to the bathroom. Faucets. This is one of my favorite tips because it works so good. We have hard, we're on a, our own private well and so we have hard water and it also has a decent amount of iron in it which means it can stain things with kind of a reddish brownish ring. So faucets, wet your towel and vinegar and then wrap it around the faucet and the handles. Let it sit for about a half an hour. Now I should say make sure that whatever your faucets or your sink may be made of material wise, make sure that the vinegar is not going to harm it. It doesn't harm ours. And like I said, I let mine sit for about a half an hour or until I walk back in the room and remember that I I was cleaning, whichever comes first, but come back and then wipe it clean. The hard water stains and the gunk just wipe up super duper easy. They're just totally gone when I do this, which is why I love it because I don't have to sit there and scrub and scrub and scrub or use, you know, weird chemicals, cleaners. Okay. Shower and bathtub. I like to use a baking soda scrub, and I'll use that on the bottom of the shower and the tracks of the shower door. We have a shower stall that has the glass doors that slide. But if you have not been diligent about cleaning said shower stall, just saying, if you have kind of let that slide, and it's got a lot of buildup of soap, scum, and hard water And you really wish you could just rip it out and put a new one in because it needs to be scrubbed so bad, but you can't do that. This is what I have found that has worked really the best, you guys. I use Grove Collaborative. So it's an online store, essentially, but I love them. So what happens is, is I go in and I set my order and they ship it to me every month. But The cool thing is, is they will send you, you can choose if you want them to or not, but they'll send you a text and an email about five days before your order is ready. And then you can go in and you can not have it deliver anything if you don't need anything. You know, you can add or you can change things. But I love that. So that way I'm not automatically being sent anything. You can set it up that you just have them automatically send the same thing every month if you're using it. But I don't generally go through everything every single month, and I don't want a huge backup and buildup of things. But there's some things. And so for the most part, everything that they have is natural. So you've got, it's mainly cleaning and beauty products. So laundry detergent, toothpaste, toothbrushes, shampoo, conditioner. If you're not making all of these yourself yet, then you can grab them there. And then natural chlorine-free feminine products, that type of thing. So think your bathroom and your kitchen and cleaning and laundry, those type of supplies. And I love, 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 love their glass spray bottles. I even have one of their glass spray bottles that I put olive oil in and just use that as my cooking spray. And, and if you want to check them out, they have a free spring cleaning kit And I am an affiliate with them. So that means if you go through my link that I do receive a commission back, it doesn't cost you any more. And I thank you kindly. So to grab that link and to find out all the details, just go to melisskianorris.com slash 137 for this episode and you can go and grab all that. But going back to the shower stall, right? Talking about the shower stall. They have a tub and tile cleaner that. I love. It works really, really good without any of those weird foaming, harsh chemical things that we're trying to avoid, but it actually works. So I will spray down the walls of the shower and the floor, let it sit for a little bit. And then this has made all the difference. So let that sit, kind of soak, soak in. And then I use a really fine steel wool. Now, depending on if you've got, you know, granite marble, or I don't know how fancy or what type of bathtub or bath stall you have. So make sure that it's not going to scratch it or harm the finish. It doesn't on ours. I know I keep saying that, but it works good on ours, but I don't necessarily know what you have. So do your due diligence, make sure it's not going to harm the finish or whatever type of bathtub or shower stall tiles, whatever you got in there but it works great on mine. And so you just take that steel wool and scrub it and then rinse her off and it sparkles. But the best part up is it gets off any of the hard water stains and the soap scum like I said, especially when you have let it sit for way too long before you cleaned it. Now for sinks, and this is true for my kitchen sink and our bathroom sinks, any sink in our house, I just take baking soda and sprinkle about an eighth of a cup or maybe a couple tablespoons into the sink and then just use a little baby, just dampen the cloth. You don't want a ton of water, just dampen the cloth and then just scrub it, it helps eliminate the odor and it totally scrubs the sink, both my stainless steel sink, our porcelain sinks, scrubs it and then just rinse it with some warm water and it works fabulous, fabulous, fabulous. For our toilets, I use about a half a cup of baking soda in the toilet bowl and then I'll let that sit for about 15 minutes or so. So I'll kinda do that first and then go clean the sinks and the countertops and then come back and then scrub it with the toilet brush And this helps to take away any odor and scours off anything that needs to be scoured off. Then I spray the toilet seat handles and the base with the homemade all-purpose citrus cleaner and wipe it clean. So if you don't have my homemade citrus cleaner recipe, of course, you can go to today's blog post show notes and grab that. But I'm just going to read it to you straight from the made from scratch life. And it's on page 130 if you already have the book. And if not, you're probably gonna wanna go and grab that. So this is my homemade citrus cleaner though. Super, super easy to do, you guys. Take four to five citrus peels. You can use lemon, you can use lime, you can use orange. I haven't tried grapefruit just because we don't really eat grapefruit. So I just don't have any of those peels on hand. The important part is the peels. And you can mix them together. You can do orange, lime, lemon, whatever you wanna do. Put these in a quart-sized canning jar about three quarters full, and wide mouth is easiest to use because you can get your hand in there and smush all the peels down in there. Pour white vinegar over the peels. Let it sit for a minute or two because the vinegar will work its way down through the peels and then top it off if you need to. Our goal is to have the peels totally submerged by the vinegar. Then you're gonna wanna cover it with a lid and a band and set it in a cupboard for about minimum Minimum of two weeks. And if you can remember to shake it, that's fabulous. If not, don't worry about it. I've done it both ways and it really doesn't make a huge amount of difference or not. And here's the thing. I say a minimum of two weeks, but if you were to happen to make a jar and you forgot about it and you left it in the cupboard for over six months, maybe close to nine months, before you came back and remembered that it was in said cupboard... That will be the most fabulous cleaner you've ever had. The scent of the citrus is really strong, which I love because a lot of people don't like the scent of vinegar. Totally doesn't bother me. And if you use a vinegar cleaner, the vinegar evaporates and the scent goes away as soon as it dries. But the citrus helps to cover that up. Plus you have, because the oils are in the peel, right? And so if you're using those oils, they do help clean and they do help cut through grease. So I really like to use them. So the longer that it sits, the more it extracts that out from the peels and into the vinegar. So I say a minimum of two weeks, but don't be afraid to let that bad boy sit a whole lot longer. You might wanna mark the top with the date that you did it in case you forget or put it on your calendar if you're like me and just forget that it's been in there forever to check it. But in at least the minimum of two weeks, if not longer, what you do when you're ready to use it is you pour that vinegar that has been sitting and infusing with those peels through a strainer or cheese gloss. Then when you go to use it as your cleaner, you're going to dilute it. You're going to dilute it with, normally I do two parts water to one part of the vinegar, and then I use that as my all-purpose cleaner. So I use it on windows, countertops, mirrors, just My general all-purpose cleaner, I use it on the floor if I need to. And you can use any type of citrus fruit, like I said, the peel. And I don't worry. I mean, I try not to leave a lot of the flesh on there because I'm usually using that for our cooking or eating or whatever. But if there's some pith and stuff on there, don't worry about that. I just toss it all in. You can also add in different herbs if you want to make your own custom blend. Some of my favorites, rosemary. I've also done pine. Went out and grabbed some of our evergreen and made my own Homemade pine scented vinegar for all purpose cleaners. So you can just go hog wild there and do whatever scent you so well choose, but it makes a fabulous free cleaner that smells good. Well, might necessarily be free if you have to buy the vinegar, but it's a lot cheaper than buying your cleaners in the store. And if you are making your own homemade apple cider vinegar and you want to use that, you totally can. But I usually, my homemade raw apple organic cider vinegar is kind of a premium at our house. So I usually will just use white vinegar when I'm making up this cleaner because I'm just using it for cleaning purposes. You can also add in some of your favorite essential oil too. If you want to add some drops of essential oil to this cleaner, you really can make it your own. But it works really well if you're just using the lemon peels. You don't have to add essential oils, but you can. Oh my goodness, y'all. This has turned into a long episode. So, thank you so much for hanging with me. And if you would like an episode on decluttering and organizing and kind of the systems that I've put into place, because pretty much my husband helps out in the house some, but we kind of have really defined, he's got certain things that he does outside, and I have certain things that I do inside, and we help each other when we need to, but we kind of have our areas that are our. I hate to use the word domain, but kind of like this is my area and what I'm kind of in charge of. So we have that kind of divvied up. So if you would be interested in my decluttering, organizing and systems and strategies to keep our homestead, especially the house and the laundry and all of the cleaning stuff, how we keep that from piling up and building up and keep it running efficiently If you would like me to do an episode on that, and I will tell you, I am a recovering or recovered, I think, clutter person. And I found some things that didn't work and some things that did work and different systems. So if you would like me to cover that in an upcoming episode, let me know. You can leave me a review on iTunes and I can see that there. You can comment on the blog post that goes with this episode. Shoot me an email or shoot me a Facebook message on our Facebook page. But let me know. I would love to have your tips too, right? We are totally a community that helps each other out. If you have got some fabulous spring cleaning or natural cleaning tips, definitely share those. I would love to hear them. Already, we're on our verse of the week, which is 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, and this is the Amplified Translation. Just as each one of you has received a special gift, a spiritual talent, an ability graciously given by God, employ it in serving one another As is appropriate for good stewards of God's multifaceted grace, faithfully using the diverse, varied gifts and abilities granted to Christians by God's unmerited favor. I think a lot of times when we think of spiritual gifts or special talents or different things like that, we don't always think of it as being necessarily really practical things. But I think it's both. I think it's all aspects of our life. And I think having a home that is running in a way that is not stressing us out is a special talent. And it's my goal, and probably yours as well, to be a good steward of all aspects and everything in my life. And of course, we're not always gonna hit the mark. It's not about being perfect or having that Pinterest magazine cover or magazine picture spreads our homes don't need. That's not the goal, right? Our goal is for it to be a haven and a place that functions without causing us stress and is a happy place for our family and for us. And I have to say that when my home is fairly orderly and clean, I am a lot less stressed and a lot more happy. So I hope that you have found some of these tips, if not all of them, to be valuable and to help you creating a happy haven in your home as well. Thank you so much for spending your time with me here today and I will be back here with you next week.